0: Rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews, Monday through
1: Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. And happy Labor Day. It is Monday, the 7th of September, 2020. And you are listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. And we have a great special edition show for you today. We are joined by our guest, our friend, the one and the only, Devin the Artist. How you doing? Good morning.
0: Good morning, everybody.
1: Mm. All right. All right. So we've got a great show for you guys. I also want to say hello to my co-host, Christine.
2: Good morning. What's
1: up? Good morning. Hunter. Yo, yo. And JV. All right, let's do it. So the weather is a nice, beautiful, crisp 68 degrees outside. Uh, Humidity is at 86%, and the wind is at 6 miles an hour. Not very fast at all. It will be a high of 76 today, partly cloudy, and tomorrow it's going to rain. It looks like thunderstorms. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for a cacophony of bad weather. Very soothing. If there's anybody else out there like that, shout out and good morning to you. So we've also got news about helping to complete the count by volunteering at the next Community Census Day. Millions of dollars are at stake, and time is winding down to complete the 2020 census. Last month, more than 60 volunteers fanned out into our most undercounted neighborhoods in Aurora to remind residents about the census. The self, excuse me, self-response rate in Aurora was raised to 73.1%. And in some of our undercounted neighborhoods, then we, excuse me, there were even more measurable increases. Uh, If just two hours of work with 60 volunteers can empower hundreds of fellow Aurorans to complete the census, what can we do with even more volunteers? Register to volunteer at the next Community Census Day on Saturday, September 26th from 10 a.m. to noon. Join others in the community to knock on doors in our hardest count neighborhoods and increase our self-response rate. That's awesome. So shout-out to the city of Aurora, and shout-out to JV for taking part in everything. He's, he's down with it. He's down with the census. You guys got to complete the census. Uh, it is very, very important. Now, downtown, excuse me, September is Hunger Action Month. Now, there are downtown Aurora businesses that are participating in this Hunger Action Month, and it is very important. Uh, one of the things that we have to understand when it comes to Hunger Action Month is that when you are able to decrease hunger and better help the resources in your city, like the rural Food Pantry, people have a, a better quality of life because they can access food. Food is very important. Food insecurity is bad. Okay? So shout out to all the businesses taking part, like Altero. Very good food. And there's, there's others. There is... Oh, awesome. Check that out. Well, you can't see it if you're... Listening to us, but <laughs> J.B. just added something very cool to the studio. You'll see it on camera. Uh, and shout out to Gary Brown Art as well. Very interestingly, That's where I met Devin the yes. very first time. That was a very cool day. I won the raffle that day. So I also have the Color Me Happy book at home. I'll brush that out one day. All right, and I also want to give a quick shout-out to the Aurora Public Library and a quick shout-out to Treadwell and Ally Legion for feeding people yesterday. They had food outside, as they do on every single Sunday. You can get a free cup of coffee or a free drink if you bring items to donate. Uh, Household items, canned goods, and also toiletries are very much needed. All right. And that's it for the news for today. It's Labor Day, so you know, you guys are relaxed relax thyself. Relax thyself today. Let's get into this cool interview. Devin, good morning.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Last time I saw you it was at Ellie Art Fest. Yes. At Society Fifty Seven. I also have the Color Me Happy book. Yes. (laughs) So good that's great.
0: Yeah, it's definitely one of my most popular items. I think I've sold almost eighty copies at this point and I just made it a year ago. So that's just a year of sales at this point.
1: Congratulations! Yeah. Thank Congratulations! You. So, so this was. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is a very. Uh, looking forward to this interview. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so tell everyone who you are and where you're from.
0: Um, my name's Devin. I've been a professional artist for ten years. I started when I was about seventeen, eighteen, um, and I'm actually from Sandwich, so right here in Illinois, small town, um, kind of, you know, country girl from. Moving up to the big city now, you're doing shows in Aurora, so it's kind of exciting.
2: <laughs> Very cool. Sandwich Fair.
0: Yes, um, actually, kind of a big deal at the Sandwich Fair. I've been winning ribbons there since I was a kid. I probably have over 50.
1: Love the Sandwich nice. Fair. I've only been there once upon a time, a long time ago. Saltwater taffy.
0: Definitely need to go okay. at least once in your life.
1: All right, well, we got uh, to go. The more Aurora, I got to go to the Sandwich Fair sometime. <laughs> See what's happening with that.
2: And tell us about your educational background.
0: Um, well, I actually went to just normal high school, um, and then I tried to go to college for about a year and a half, but I just couldn't get along with the teachers. I also have severe anxiety issues, so like the all of a sudden introduction to the world and like being in college and stuff was a little bit too much for me to actually physically handle, so I dropped out, and at the time I was taking commissions from my art, so I decided that I was just going to try and pursue that without any professional education
2: well, that's great so you're just basically self-taught but yeah art piece I'm of it.
0: entirely self-taught
2: so. that's amazing
0: I've actually been drawing since I was about six years old I actually knew I was an artist when I was five years old because uh for the longest time I thought feeding bunnies was an actual career choice and then my little five-year-old self realized it wasn't and I knew it just I had a love for coloring books so I ran with that instead
1: and it's made all the difference.
2: did. <laughs> <Ten. laughs> Growing up, what impact has your dad had on your life?
0: Um, quite a bit, actually. So I've always known I had like anxiety and depression, and it became really apparent when I was about six years old. My parents got divorced. And... I- they lived apart. So I was always being shuffled back and forth from one parent's house to the other for like a good five years. They lived an hour apart. So it was like an hour, one way and an hour back. And it was hard on my parents, but like it made a really strained relationship between me and my dad. But like, we've gotten to the point now where like, I'm older, we've gotten over a lot of the stuff in the past. And he's honestly like, one of my biggest supporters right now. He helped me get my current job, where like I'm allowed to work on my art all day. And he helped me get a house last year, so I have an art studio at home. So, he's done a lot for me. So. Sweet.
1: Yeah, parents uh, have a big impact in kids' lives. Uh, they either feed the passion, or they don't understand the passion, or they don't see the passion that you may have as you're as you're growing up. Uh, besides your dad, were there other big supporters of yours pushing you along the my way? My
0: mom. My mom, hands down, is my biggest supporter. She has one of every art print I've ever made for no other purpose, and she keeps it in a box for posterity, her words.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> As she has shown up to, I think, out of 38 art shows, 21 of them. She has driven up two hours. She lives two hours away just to help for three hours and turn around and drive back home. And, like, every time I'm sad, I'm like, Mom, I don't think I can do this anymore. She's like, nope, you got this. Just shut up. Just keep doing your thing. You got this.
1: It's that's honestly
0: good. amazing to have someone support me like that. And then other than that, my friends, my friends are the same way. Like, they've shown up to help at art shows. They give me crazy ideas. Like, one of my most popular pieces is a flying alpaca. And that's because I posted on Facebook, what should I draw? And my friends, being the wonderful, delightful, smart Alex that they are, mm-hmm decided to tell me to draw a alpaca playing a saxophone on a Tuesday. So I made him flying with some balloons, and there's this really popular <laughs> creation of this stupid alpaca tied to some balloons, flying to the sky, playing a saxophone, and it's great. I just love being surrounded by weird people like that.
1: Well, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the weird people that we are. Uh, what is an artist to you?
0: Um... I think there's different levels of being an artist because there's professional artists and then there's people who just do it because everyone needs a creative outlet. Like I, I personally think even if you suck at it, you should sit down and color or you should sit down and play the guitar. You should find some way to release that creative energy because we all have it, but a lot of people don't acknowledge that they have it. So I think it just depends on how you view yourself towards art like do you see yourself doing it professionally do you have that drive because it's not and by any means an easy career choice and if not then you know be that person who colors in coloring books or picks at the guitar for five minutes just do something to feel that energy because once you feel it it's amazing you can't you can't get rid of it it's, it'll change your life it yeah. will it really will
1: <laughs> yeah uh, now we're gonna get into the art that we have on display here, but I'm 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 curious, and I thought about this question two days ago. Like I'm gonna ask Devin this question: What's the first thing that you ever drew that you re- that you have still, or that your mom probably has, as she keeps all of your work? What's the first thing you remember drawing? Earliest art.
0: Ah. Uh think was cows cuz that's my favorite animal. And really? I remember drawing a <laughs> lot of cows when I was a kid. Cows and cats. It was like my thing when I was a kid. I would draw little like birthday cards for people and yeah, it was definitely cows and cats and then I branched out to birds and dogs and bunnies and animals.
2: All
1: animals. Definitely animals. The theme of animals. Okay. Now, some of your pieces don't have animals. But you still keep that animal theme in most of your artwork. Yes. So
0: I'm at the point in my career, because I am a self-taught artist, Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things being a self-taught artist is constantly challenging yourself. If you stop challenging yourself, you stop growing. And that's one of the reasons people go to schools because they need a teacher to push them to grow as an artist, to learn different skills and things. So I have an affinity for animals. I am great with them. I can draw 140 different animals and night and day, I struggle with people. And part of that is because I have severe social anxiety. So I don't like people. I draw my art to escape from the world. So I don't want people in my little happy place. But I'm starting to get more comfortable with drawing them and with inviting them into my world. But I started mainly with women because I feel like women need to have more of a voice than they do in the world so I started incorporating them into my art to kind of show that women are beautiful and powerful creatures
1: what's the worst thing about people
0: I think just the judgment like you never know if someone's judging you you never know if you're coming across as like maybe rude but instead it's just severe anxiety or like you're having a panic attack or something I think it's just never knowing what, how people view you And that's one of the hardest things about being an artist and putting my art out there is not only are you guys judging me, you're judging what is my soul on paper. So you're getting to see the inside of me, and you're getting to judge it as a package. And that is absolutely terrifying to deal with. Absolutely terrifying.
1: (laughs) When we talk about art in a therapeutic sense, when we talk about relaxing ourselves and uh, maybe having that hobby, doing that piece after work, uh, before we go to sleep, maybe when we wake up. Each person has a different theme running through their artwork. Yours is animals, empowerment of women, and things like that. Is, does it take a long time for people to develop their theme? Do you I think?
0: honestly feel like some artists, it finds them. Other artists struggle a little bit. I think eventually everyone finds where they belong. Mm-hmm. For me, it kind of chose me. I, I honestly just it just it one day it, it suited me it fit if fit what I was doing, um, even my style itself, like I can't draw any other way. I couldn't draw a realistic something to save my life. Always comes out looking cartoony. Um, and I think every artist goes through that kind of struggle to figure out where they stand in the world. but once they do, You you can just tell because it'll you'll you'll see that theme you'll see that style stick kind of stick to every bit of work that they do,
2: but you found your niche yes because you did do some illustrating for.
0: Somebody? Sarah, Sarah Summer. Sarah Summer yes, was she on the show. I was actually show. on the show, I think, last week. Yeah. Or
1: the Extra week shout out to the homegirl. Sarah and it was, Summer. It was her animals book.
2: When you said yes. animals, I'm like, that's great. Animals
1: right. at the office.
0: So, actually, I wrote and illustrated a children's book when I was 20, so eight years ago. And it's still under wraps. So I'm actually going to be finishing it this year. I'm going to be revamping the art because my style has grown since then. Um, and then last year, I did a children's book, The Bear Book. Yes. And this isn't really anything like super fancy. I wrote it and I illustrated it by hand. So it's kind of amazing because a lot of our illustrators don't actually do illustrations by hand anymore. Um, and this was, this is not an original concept. A lot of people have done different books where it's about different species of animals and whatever. Um, I did this to kind of get my toe into the illustration world. And actually a week after I published that, I got contacted by Sarah and we kind of met up and I didn't know that when she went into the meeting with me, she had already looked at my art and knew she was going to hire me. Like I I went in there like ready to prepare to present myself and she had already had her mind set up that she wanted me. (laughs) It was kind of neat.
1: Funny how that happens.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We made this amazing book together, Animals at the Office. Like Everyone needs to look at it because there's there's so much more that we put into a children's book than you would understand because there's symbolism and the book changes colors. Um, to kind of help you travel through understanding each character's personality and
1: I loved it. it I loved her it. Her
0: writing and my art—it's it's literally a modern day Doctor Seuss masterpiece.
1: The thing that was cool about the book for those who, uh, well, Sarah came on. She debuted the book, but like uh, I got to take some shots of the book and show people. The characters are just what you think people in corporate America look like who's the was the boss a beetle or an owl or something like that an owl yes i mean he's got a george (laughs) Costanza looking kind of feel to him that was perfect
0: yeah it was it was pretty fun drawing the characters so when i do an illust do a book um for illustrations what i do is i draw the characters first because once i get a feel for the characters it's pretty easy to put together the book around the characters but like I read her book and I had these ideas pop in my head and she was honestly, like, for my first illustration job, she could not have made it easier on me because she pretty much gave me the reins to do whatever I wanted and then said, all right, impress me. And I came up with these little characters and, like, it was so much fun, but I got a feel for them I was I was reading and, like, she didn't have genders picked out. She just said, this one's a hawk and this one's an owl and this one's a slug and this one's an alligator and this one's a dog. And then I kind of put them in the clothes, and we kind of came to an agreement that, like, they didn't need to be fully suited up. They needed to have, like, you know, they have no pants on, which is kind of funny,
2: actually, when you look
1: at it. <laughs> Only animals like, can get away with that, that and No pants. <laughs> and I, think like...
2: I think everybody in COVID kind of, like, went through that stage. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm wearing pajamas all day. I don't care.
0: <laughs> so it was, it was really fun to do, and, like, that's why we worked so well together is, like, we our creativity just bounced off each other. Like, you would not even believe it Mm. (laughs) and we did it all via email too that's kind of the crazy thing like we met the one time and then everything after that was us emailing Mm. pictures and things like that and like i would go home and i would do like a little quick quick sketch or something i'd be like all right i think we've got to change this to this and i would like send it off to her like scan it and send it and she'd be like all right go with that so it was it was really fun and it was kind of weird just like then, at. yeah, we got the book done, and then it was, like, we met up, and it, we were, like, friends, because we were, like, all oh, right, we've been working together for, like, 12 weeks together,
1: right. so. Uh, now, what's your medium?
0: Um, my medium is markers, so I mainly use Sharpies, but I've branched off a little bit more into Prismas and Copics, okay. but I'm definitely not a fan of the Copics. Okay. They die really fast, and right. they kind of frustrate me, yeah. so, um. But I use them in a way that most people don't. Uh, I create textures with them, much like Van Gogh did with paint, only I do it with markers. And it kind of blows people's minds because they didn't know that you could do that with markers. You
1: can. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And that's, that's something I started when I was, started first taking commissions back when I was 17, 18. I started out with colored pencils, and I was like, you know what? My parents always wanted me to be a a painter, but I always knew I had an affinity for markers, so I just went for it. And my brain started wrapping itself around all these different things I could create. And I can create over 32 different textures now. And some of them I can use in six different ways, and it makes a whole new texture, and you wouldn't even know that it's the same thing. And then there's different—I have over a 1,000 markers right now because I dull the tips— so the different size of the tips, like if I, I can either mm-hmm. cut it or I can like press hard on a piece of paper and dull it, and it makes the marker just a little bit wider. Right. So it gives me a little more definition into the textures that I create.
1: And we're talking Crayola markers. Yeah, Old like fat, sharpies. Yeah, fat joints. Oh. oh yeah, yeah. Sharpies. Um,
0: I love them. They're yeah. they're so inexpensive and like it's it's a great medium mm-hmm. to use.
2: Well, even your coloring book. Again, that's why I got it. Remember, we were supposed to do a group project we're and color. We're gonna do it. Yeah. But it's very, it's it's big, so there's a lot of room to work with. But it's not stressful at all. Like, some of these coloring books that are out there, I just look at them, and I'm like, that's going to take forever. But it's, like, very just happy, bright animals. Um, yeah, it's just. It's, lots of different.
1: I'm thinking of a contest right now.
0: <laughs> so some of them I are the a little flowers. more detailed. But, like, I kind of, this, this was my first coloring book that I did. I did it with kind of some knowledge of, like, what would I want to see in a coloring book? And I was, like, nothing too detailed. So I kind of did a mix of, like, super detailed and not. And I also wanted it to be all ages. So I made some of the drawings a little more simpler. There's a little cartoon dinosaur in one. There's a few that are, like, really easy to color. And I also thought about it from a standpoint of if you were a family, like if you were a mom and a child or a grandma and a child or something like that, how would you want to color with your kid? So I made some of the pages opposite of each other. This really confused my printer, by the way. They had to call me like six times to make sure oh, that nothing was upside now. down. It a spiral <laughs> right. Um, And that's also why we did the spiral binding was so that you could lay it flat and it's big enough to where two people can color at once. So it's kind of like a family activity book. Now my next coloring book that I'm already working on is actually going to be the same way, but that one's going to be a little more geared towards adult just because of the, su- the subject matter um, because it's based on my art and music series pieces. So those are a little more detailed, and they're a little more fun, and they're based on classic songs that only adults probably would know. Oh,
1: and they're great. <laughs> they're great. They're so oh. great. And
2: then you also have some postcards, kind of like an adult-themed. We were talking about yes. this a little bit, a little sarcasm. <laughs>
0: So, I do these really cool um, color your own postcards. I think we need to bring back sending mail to people, and I think a postcard is a really cute way to do that. And so, I actually sell them in black and white, um, and you can color them yourself. And I have some for all ages, but I also have some that are on my 18 and up section in my shop on my website, artbydevin.com. I also have a few down at the Cottonseed Creative Exchange Shout in to downtown Yvonne. Aurora. Um, and they're, they're fun. They're, they're kind of like a great way to like maybe insult your friends a little bit. Or, you know, maybe <laughs> you have that ex that you just want to tell. How you really you know, feel. How you really yeah. feel, yeah. Do it in a classy <gasps> manner. Color him a postcard. Send it in the mail. Traumatize the postman along the way. Everybody wins.
1: Right. <laughs> um, let's, talk about, let's talk about life and humanity and all that kind of good stuff. Compare the art scene here in Aurora to the art scene in Sandwich.
0: There really isn't an art scene in Sandwich at all. Um, And I think that's part of the reason there's a lot of artists from smaller towns like mine trying to gravitate towards this direction. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there's no real town like Aurora that offers these really easy ways to get your art out there. Like a few of the other people who've been interviewed on the show have pointed it out like you can literally walk down the street and find any any opportunity for a young artist or even an older artist that's just starting out to show their art there's people painting on windows there's all these little craft shows there's galleries that are accepting pretty much anybody gary brown just did a show for karen dolce she's never shown her art before and they gave her a gallery show to start off and like it's just amazing because you can't find that pretty much anywhere besides Aurora right now.
1: right. Well you think why is that about sandwich? how can a, how can a place that has that's renowned for its sandwich fair how could they possibly not have an art scene?
0: It's just too small of a town. There's really no venues to show things like that, and there's no one taking initiative to make it happen. Hmm. It's kind of a dying town right now, and that's the way a lot of the smaller towns are.
2: Old farm community? Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That's kind of sad. The COVID really Mm -hmm. hit towns like that really hard, too. So, like, any possibility or anything that was in the progress is shut down for right now.
1: The time is now 8.31 a.m. You are listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. We're glad to be joined on this Labor Day special with our dear friend Devin the Artist um when i think so my parents are divorced right and uh and I, i think back to the interview we had with john schratz from all Spoked up riding the bike was a great way to escape the house and get the hell away when i couldn't ride bikes i would draw and uh one thing i appreciate about your artwork is the outlandish themes that i see in it i think they're great Uh, Because I can draw pretty good, my friends would always ask me to draw things like, draw an elephant on a skateboard. How good are you? (laughs) And I would draw stuff like that. Um, When you talked about the music theme art that you had, where each one has a song title, uh, the one that I loved the most was your rendition of uh, Werewolves in London by Warren Zimmer, which is a great rock song for anybody who knows it. (laughs) That was awesome. Um, I like that one. Where can I get a print of that? Can I you get it? You can a- get
0: a print at artbydevon.com.
1: Okay. Um that's
0: actually the only place you can get the art and music series right now is on my website. Okay. Um Good and to if know. you see me at shows. Okay. And that's kind of an exciting thing for me to talk about right now because Good. I have a huge <laughs> I have a huge project involved with these. So
1: we got it pulled up, y'all. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Last year in October is when I made the first one. Okay. Um, and it was Beatles Yellow Submarine. I was like, okay, this is simple. And at that time, I didn't know that people would fall in love with these. I did it just because I love music and I thought it would be a, a cool project. And then, sure enough, I made a second one, Rocket Man, and everybody freaked out. They were like, this is the weirdest, coolest thing I have ever seen in my life. And, and I'm great like, song as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I started making more, and I'm actually now at number 10. So I'm coloring number 9, which is Pinball Wizard.
2: Okay.
0: Oh, and number 10 has actually been created. It's ready to be colored. I'll start coloring it this week. Um, and I'm not telling anyone what it is. I'm going to be running that. a contest. <laughs> so I took the first 10, and I've been scanning a lot of my art in black and white. So I started dual-purposing my art because it takes so much effort to make it. I started scanning all of my abstracts in, in the computer as black and whites to be turning them into coloring books. Okay. So in this process, I actually have about two coloring books sitting at my computer right now. So one of them is the art and music series. It's the first ten, along with ten mandalas that I handmade. Right. And it's going to be music and mandalas. And when I post a picture of the tenth one online colored, everyone will have a chance to guess the song. Now you can either guess the song or the musician. I can tell you guessing the musician is gonna be way harder than guessing the song. Hmm. And the first five people that guess it right will win a free coloring book.
1: Awesome. Oh. This is Rocket Man we have before us, I'm sorry. Yes. Okay.
0: This is Rocket Man. And the cool thing about this series and the thing that really makes it special is there's actual music notes that play part of the song in each and every music piece. And then some of them even go so far as to have an actual record player or musical object that is from the era that the song was played. So there is a one that I did um, for I Melt With You by the band Modern English. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone knows this song. It's I Stop the World and Melt With You. And actually, the the music notes come out of a cassette tape, because that song is from the 80s. Um, and some of them are like that. And then some of them also have, like little nods to the lyrics, like "Werewolves of London" is a great example. I'm glad that mm-mm, you brought that one up
2: mm-mm, because mm-mm, you can
0: mm-mm. look in the picture and you can see the little werewolf walking down with his menu in his hand in the rain, and there's the oh. li-ho fuchs, and <laughs> yeah. there's half fresh pina coladas. That after the show, yeah. like, it's, it's great, like all these little like touches that like I I listen to these mm-mm. songs on repeat when I'm making these so that I can spot on get the feel of the song, the lyrics the whole thing put into an art piece
2: and you're opening it up to another audience that may not have grown well they definitely didn't grow up with some of these songs but you're putting it into a context that's easy to understand for them hunter here is usually so focused i've never seen him jump so quick to the computer to pull up the website to see (laughs) the art he's like wait a minute i got to see this
1: yeah it's beautiful it's great yeah
0: So yeah, on the homepage of my website artbydevin.com, I actually have a little tiny slideshow where you can see the first eight of the art and music series in there. And when I get Pinball Wizard done, which I should probably be able to do this week, um, that will go up there as well. Um, And I will get prints of those made as well too.
1: Now, um, I think it was was it a couple weeks back? You were at you were with um, one of the galleries. You're at nineteen zero four. Correct, yes, yes I right. I
0: was there for first Fridays in August. Okay,
1: that's right, that yes. is right, yeah. Uh, how was that? Tell us about that experience. This wasn't your first first Friday.
0: Oh, no, this is yeah. definitely not my first Fridays, but um, this is my first real big group show with Viso Arts. Shout out to Viso Arts, they Shout are out. amazing. Um, mm-hmm. the, the amount of stuff they've done to help me grow my career is mm-hmm. just mind boggling. Um, But it was my first group show with them and the sheer talent that they picked out. Like, I felt so out of place because we had... That was beyond the
1: walls. Yes. Yeah, that was dope. I mean, like, there was,
0: like, award-winning artists there and I'm just sitting there with my little cartoons in the corner, just (laughs) like, do I belong here? But then I'm like, no, I I must because I'm here. And it was was really cool. It was really cool to see the other artists and it was fun to be able to show with such a wide range because there's body painters and... Muralists and Donna, Donna Arnold with her photography, mm-hmm. and like it was just a really cool show.
1: GW Bonick. Gary, yes. shout out to GW. Oh, uh,
0: he's he's amazing too. Yeah. He gets some of the greatest candid shots ever. He, he just does. goes mm-hmm. to like local venues, catches people in action, and like mm-hmm. I love it because some of the shots he's gotten of me from like different shows and things like you can just tell I'm in my element and it's like no one else can capture stuff like that.
1: And we so. all kicked it afterwards at McCarty Mills. Yeah, that was dope. That was fly. Now, were you at this first Friday at all? Were you uh, anywhere? No. no.
0: Um. I. The only thing that I did was I managed to get my art to the Cotton Scene Creative Exchange just in time for Yovan to put a few things up on a shelf. And I don't know how she did it because I dropped it off at like 2.30 and then she had it up at 4.00. <laughs> I was, I was honestly amazed that she even got that done. Yeah. But now I'm kind of laying low at shows this year, um, partially because of the COVID and partially because last year I did 25 shows in a year, um, which That's was a lot. a lot to deal with. But it was like, it was kind of fun because I kept getting invited places and I didn't want to say no. And then by the time August came around, I was at like 20 shows and everybody was like, oh, we can get you another five. And I'm just like, please don't, but okay. <laughs> and then everyone was pushing and i somehow i got my final show because of viso arts at the aurora interfaith food pantry that was my 25th show of the year they had my art there through christmas time which was the perfect time for my art to be there because it's so happy and delightful and right it really, really colorful so all the people coming in at christmas time when they really needed a smile got that smile
1: um where have where have your shows taken you What's the furthest, um, what's the, you know. The
0: furthest I've gotten is Milwaukee, actually. I did a show with the Rave last year. So I joined this um, kind of artist collective called Raw Natural Born Artists. And a lot of artists kind of, they don't like that group um, because they do charge to do shows, which a lot of artists try to avoid. But they do a pretty cool thing because if you do a home show, they give you a free out-of-state show. So you pay to do your home show. And then you get to go anywhere in the country for free. That's it doesn't cost deal. you to do the show. You just, get, you just have to pay to travel. So I did my home show last year, and that was actually my first show of the year. What's a home show? Um, it's in okay. Chicago. Okay. So it would be like your local show to wherever you're local for.
1: Gotcha.
0: Um, but they do them in major cities across the country. And then you get to pick an out-of-state show. So I picked Milwaukee because I didn't have a whole lot of money to travel very far. And I thought it was just cool that I got to do a show somewhere else. And they had a big artist event at The Rave. And it was a pretty cool venue to do an art show at, I cannot lie. Um, And the home show was actually at the Metro in downtown Chicago. So that was, like, my first show in Chicago. And then it led to a show in Milwaukee. So it's kind of weird. The more things you do as an artist in the show world you get connected in weird places to different people and you never know who's gonna grab onto your art I have people coming up to me in Aurora that have been following me on Instagram for six months and I don't know who they are
1: but oh, they know that's me how, yeah I've been we've been Instagram for yeah the gram
2: <laughs> I think that yeah that's the new
1: the gram connector. I've met like 30 of my Instagram friends that I was already following In the last month. Shout out to the (laughs) gram. Now, so uh, Milwaukee was the furthest that you've been out. Uh, Aurora, doing your shows. Your 25th show was here in Aurora. Um, What's a real memorable one that stands out to you? I'm sure Milwaukee was probably the pinnacle of the career so far, but.
0: I still, to this day, I think my, my greatest show was my first show I ever did.
1: Really? And.
0: It just, it was crazy. So I I have a lot of social anxiety. I was the kid that was pumped full of antidepressants in the psych ward all through, you know, being in high school and whatever. And no one ever thought I would amount to anything. And it took me seven years of being a professional artist to really actually join Instagram and, like, start being brave enough to, like, really want to put my art on display. And I almost gave up. I, I almost just washed my hands of everything and walked away. And I made a piece called 3,333 stars, and that was my turning point. I said, if you can do this, if you can put 3,333 stars on a single piece of paper, you can do anything you want to do. And I did. I really made that piece, and it, it lit a fire in my soul. And six months later, I entered it in a show, Fourth Fridays, at the Starline Factory out in Harvard, and it got in. And I remember getting that email. I screamed for, like, five minutes in excitement. My friends had to, like, literally suffocate me with a pillow. It was pretty bad. And I showed up there, and there was this little girl. And I don't remember exactly what she was telling me, but there was something about her best friend being sick. And she looked at my art piece, and it had a lot of purple in it. And her best friend's color was purple. And she sat there, and she stood at my art piece. This is a little 8-year-old kid. And it, it made her cry a little bit. And, like, it made her smile, and, like, it makes me tear up thinking about it. And my art piece changed her day that day, and she took a picture of it, and she's like, I'm going to remember this, and I'm going to show it to my friend. And she's like, thank you for sharing your story with me, and she hugged me. And that will forever be, like, one of my my greatest moments at a show because that was when I knew 100% that I was exactly where I needed to be in the world. And the fact that it was that piece, too. (laughs) So...
2: What advice would you give to people who may be struggling or just saying, you know what, I just need this creative outlet? Like, where, where do they begin?
0: Um, I would say just sit down and try and figure out what speaks to you, like what you want to draw, what you want to create, what your medium is. And one of the greatest things to do is they sell these art kits. They're like maybe 20, 30 bucks, and it has everything in it, markers, colored pencils, and anything you can imagine. I say get one of those. Sit down, mess with everything, see what speaks to you, what you really feel is actually good for you. Um, and then just kind of think about what you want from your art. Do you want to be trying to make millions someday? Do you want to be in galleries and in museums? Or do you want to do craft shows? Do you want to just keep it local, keep it small, keep it simple? And then just work your way towards that. Make small goals. And then when you reach your small goals, make bigger goals. And just keep pushing yourself until you get where you want to be and then when you're, where you are where you want to be just maintain that
1: what do people not know about anxiety
0: um just how hard it is on a day-to-day to deal with i think a lot of people just like oh you're you're just you know you're just nervous it's no big deal but no it's it actually feels like your whole body is seizing like you you can't move you can't function you can't talk um and there's a lot of social situations where i myself come across as super awkward and it's like oh it's, it's literally just because i'm dying on the inside guys it's okay but like that's it genuinely feels just like absolute like just turmoil inside of you and people don't realize how hard it is to function to maintain a smile, to maintain conversation when your insides are literally just a hurricane. And I wish more people would realize that and like understand that sometimes in certain situations people are not trying to be rude. They're not trying to dismiss you. They're just trying to feel safe in their space.
2: Right. And they feel so out of control and they can't do anything about it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so in the Aurora art community, or rather, excuse me, not just the art community, uh, in Aurora, what changes have you seen or noticed in your time being involved in Aurora? What's some of the the big things that you've seen come?
0: I've noticed a little more focus on small businesses, which I think is really good because that's really what feeds a community because more people are going to places like Treadwell than they are at McDonald's. So you need to put a little more emphasis on that. And I love that Aurora is doing that. And I love that they're using the art scene to kind of do that. They're dual purposing a lot of what they're doing. They're turning smaller businesses into mini art galleries which gives back to the community gives the artists a way to shine it draws people back to the local places and gives a little bit back to the local economy as well
1: i think <clears throat> that that's a uh, see i think that's important that's something that good morning aurora likes to do we like to be able to to do that and highlight small businesses and also like people trying to come up artists trying to do their thing uh and one of the things that I think is a strength in Aurora is the fact that the artists here in Aurora don't always wait for permission to do things. You know, they kind of like have a more independent streak out here. Uh, I like that. I like that. How important is independence in artwork? to
0: you? Um, I think it's important because you need to you need to know how to stand on your own two feet and you need to know that your style speaks to who you are. I mean, you cannot meet an artist and not understand their style like most people. Most artists look like their style. Um, But I think it also you need to be more involved with the community and with people around you. Um, Because if not, you're never going to grow. You have to connect with people in order to really get somewhere. Because I have more sales and more followers from word of mouth, from someone bragging to someone about me or a fellow artist saying, hey go check out her stuff she's really good and we need more of that I feel like we there's a few artists that are just they don't want to do that and I'm like no you need to you need to connect with people you need to meet your fellow brethren and rise up against you know everything else and that's something too that I reason I brought Sarah Summer to the show at Gary Brown and stuff like that she's an author I'm an author we're technically in competition but I don't want to see it that way. I want to build her up just like she wants to help build me up. So I introduced her to the art world. And I'm trying to do the same thing with other artists right now. I write and illustrate two comics online. And one of them's about my cat. And her eighth birthday is coming up. So I hired eight different artists to create a picture of her. Hmm. And it was just a great way to bring in other artists, give them a little spotlight. Um, to kind of tie myself more to the community a little bit.
1: I like that. What
2: change would you like to see in Aurora, the community, the downtown area? Is there anything that you think we could improve upon?
0: Um, I think right now there's a little bit too much spotlight on the race factor. And I'm not saying that it needs to be ignored. I definitely am not saying that at all. Um, but I think people need to just more accept people for who they are, not put so much... Oh, well, what color they are, you know, what they stand for, and things like that. Um, I think it segregates a little too much, especially when it comes to like art projects and things. I think certain skin colors are getting picked out over others because they're seen in a certain light um whereas everyone should just be we're human we're all we're all human, we need to just all be acting accordingly, behaving and like working together
1: what's wrong with America at the moment
0: everybody's too wrapped up in their own issues they're not realizing that everybody's issues are the same issues we're all fighting to be heard on some level we're all battling something internally that we don't want to talk about we all have Something in our history that has shaped us to be the way we are. As much as you wanna say your history doesn't affect you and that you don't live in the past, it still made you who you are. And I think more people need to be patient and understanding of that, rather than quick to judge, quick to, you know, assume that someone means someone harm just because they don't have the same viewpoint.
1: The time is now 8.50 a.m. and You're listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast, and we're joined by our friend on our special Labor Day show, Devin the Artist. Um, so you're not technically a born and raised Auroran, so I guess the conversation of east or west wouldn't necessarily apply to you. But if somebody came from out of town and wanted to go to a good place to eat, in Aurora, where would you send them to?
0: I would say Gillerson's Grubbery or uh Two Brothers Roundhouse.
1: Okay. Word up. Shout out. Shout out to Gillerson's and Two Brothers. Yep. When you go, when you walk into Two Brothers and you go right to the right, they got the, you know, you walk up there, that's where the bar and the restaurant side is, and you got the coffee on the left-hand side. I'm just shouting it out in case anybody was wondering that, <laughs> but you know, yeah. It's a good That's place. I why I
0: love that place, because you can just go in there and you be like, Do I want lunch or do I want a snack?
1: Yep, yep. <laughs> Coffee, yeah. Coffee. Then they got the outside gazebo area, uh, where my friend Desiree married her husband. You know, great. Nice wedding. Um, so COVID has changed a lot in in Aurora, on America, and life. What's the biggest effect that COVID had on uh on your activities, what you've been doing?
0: Um actually I feel kind of bad because it didn't actually affect me as much as a lot of other people. I'm really lucky. Uh, I was out of work for 107 days, and that was pretty terrifying. I didn't know if I was going to have a job when it was over. But I, you know, I had my art studio at home. I did about 50 hours of live creating on YouTube, and I pumped out so many different projects. And I helped, I finished Sarah's book, and I just kind of used it to my best advantage I figured okay well I'm an artist best place for me to be right now is my studio and surprisingly I had a show lined up at Gary Brown and we still went forward with that they extended the show two months instead of one to try and you know bridge that gap of people still not wanting to leave their houses and actually when COVID hit back in March I had 25 pieces it was my first gallery show out at the starline factory in harvard i was in the overland gallery and then the world crapped out (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like oh great like this was my first time like where i had 20 pieces and it was really exciting for me and then we didn't even get to the grand event because everything got shut down but even then the lady that runs it mary beth she was Really helpful. She kept our art there for about a month and a half into quarantine and was trying to do live videos and like doing everything she could to try and like get her art out there. I had a bunch of coloring books there. She was letting people like email her and she was like, "All right, I'll take the sale. I'm gonna run it out to your car." And like she was doing everything (laughs) she could. And then Gary Brown did the same thing. Like we were advertising. We did we did so much stuff just to try and save the art world a little bit, just kind of like bring it back because creatives anyone in a creative aspect right now was just hurt so bad by covid artists they make a lot of money at shows we can't do shows very well right now like they're so few and far between and it's crazy because that's what funds future projects so you're like okay i'm gonna run out of paper eventually
1: (laughs) (laughs) um uh, now where can people find you shout out your social media
0: Um, So I have a website, artbydevin.com, and on the homepage along the bottom you will find links to my YouTube, my comics on Tapas, you will find um, links to my Zazzle store where you can find some specialty products like puzzles and blankets and coffee mugs. Um, You can also find my shop there as well. Um, if you're looking for me on Instagram at Devin the Artist, same for Facebook at Devin the Artist. I tried to keep everything the same to make it very easy for people to find me.
2: D E V A N.
0: D E V A N. So it's Devin with an A, so it throws everybody off. <laughs> Um, but it's pretty neat, and I do I do a lot. Like f- I have a lot of people that tell me I'm a very prolific artist, and I love that compliment because I think that to be successful in the art world, you have to cast a wide net. If not, you're gonna miss out on something, and that's part of the reason I love markers and why I won't go to painting or anything like that is because the amount of stuff I can do with sharpies and a piece of paper is just it's astounding.
1: Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah my to... teachers always told me that about me, like Curtis. You know, you didn't do the homework at all, but you drew lovely on the back of the damn paper. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and you said some of your stuff is at Cottonseed. Does she have the, yes. the coloring books, the postcards, um, or what she does she have? She
0: has some of the postcards. She has some of the coloring books, some of bear books, and then a very select few of prints. Um, I honestly don't know what prints she has. I just grabbed a bunch okay. and went with it. I can tell you she does not have the art and music series, though. That is something I'm holding near and dear right now. Um,
2: Exclusive. Because
0: it's good, yeah. I think I've sold more prints of that series than anything else, and it's kind of kind of mind-blowing.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Shout-outs to everything you're doing. Shout-outs to that Warren Zivon. Boy, that's that's <laughs> the piece right there. That's the one that does it for me. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, before we – well, the show – like, we end the show on a positive note, as you know from watching the interviews. Um, so we are going to give – you are going to take us out on this lovely Labor Day – So, real quick, I want to say, huh? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Um, What I'd like to say is that the world needs more artwork, definitely. Art brings people together. This was really fun to do, and it's really good to talk to you because uh, I think you have a strong voice, and I really like the fact that you are incorporating, uh, empowering women in your themes. That, I think is really good. We try to speak up for underserved populations here, so veterans, seniors, LGBTQ members, and undocumented members of the community. But there's a lot of people who have a voice, period, that does need to be heard. Um, so, you know, I think that that's something that people need to understand more. What about you? What do you think? What do people need to take with them on this lovely Labor Day?
2: Um, I think kind of like what Devin was saying, again, just being kind to people, because everybody's struggling with something, you don't know what they're struggling struggling with, so just smile, be happy. Don't you know? Don't take things too seriously or be too critical.
1: Yep. And what do you think people should take with them on this Monday?
0: I think no matter what you're struggling with, whether it be depression, anxiety, whether you're trying to come out of the closet, um, you know, whether you're you know get picked on because of your skin tone, doesn't matter. Whatever your personal struggle is, do not let it hold you back. If you truly believe you can do something, you can do it. Surround yourself with good people who love you, who will build you up, and you will get there someday. And keep fighting the good fight, you know? Stand up for yourself. Stand up for people who are belittled, the little guys of the world. Mm -hmm. Because those little guys are going to change it someday. And everyone needs to know that they have a voice, too.
2: And ask for help.
0: Yes. Definitely ask for help. It's part of the reason you surround yourself with good people. Mm -hmm. Those people will pick you up in the the bad times.
1: And with that, you have been listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast, and we are proud to have had the chance to sit down and talk to Devin the artist on this wonderful Labor Day special edition. Special edition. I'd like to say thank you and a shout-out to Christine and Hunter and J.B. and Devin and everybody else in Aurora. We hope you guys have a safe, nice, cool Labor Day. And we will see you back here tomorrow morning on the Second Largest City's first daily news podcast. Peace. Peace.